Are your acquisition costs too high? Your lifetime values too low? Are you uncertain if your communication strategies are actually helping or hurting the efficiency and effectiveness of your marketing investments? Welcome to the Continuous Revenue Marketer Podcast, where the world's most influential marketers are sharing their insights and lessons on the critical topics they and their chief executives must address daily. How to drive consistent business growth and deliver more revenues through profitable acquisition and customer lifetime value maximization strategies. What you'll hear by listening to this podcast are the actual strategies and tactics our marketing experts are using to achieve these critical missions. Hi, I'm Russell Kern. I'm CEO and founder of Kern, an Omnicom agency, and I'm joined with my co-host and producer, Elliot Dennis. I'm excited to have on our podcast today, David Azule, my dear friend and colleague for over 15 years. And, you know, we built the agency together and David's career has gone on to be the lead of one of Omnicom's largest accounts in direct TV. And most importantly for this meeting, he is the global co-chair of Open Pride and in honor of uh, Pride Month, we're producing this special podcast. And I'm really so delighted, David, that you and I get a chance to speak. And as we were leading up to this uh, podcast, you know, as we speak about pride, the workforce, LBGTQ audiences, there's two sides of it. It's what's happening within the organization, within the marketing organization, retaining talent, and what's happening with the actual marketing uh, to the community. And um, I know that you are head of that, the lead of the global organization. I thought maybe you could speak a little bit about, you know, what is the open network? What is Omnicom's doing? What is your role? And then we're going to talk about how you're managing a huge global team under this initiative. So let me throw that open to you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Russell. Um, yeah, 18 years has gone fast. So, um, you know, as the global co-chair of Open Pride, I think um, Omnicom with the, you know, Open 2.0 has really made a huge effort in making the uh, employee resource groups an important part of the business. And Open Pride, as you know, we started Open Pride back in 2016. So Open Pride has just really grown. And it it started just from um, uh, recognizing that there was a gap. There was there was a need for a group that a, that sort of got together all the LGBT, LGBTQ plus um, employees and allies and really um, looked at, you know, how, how we could help the employees and the business. So I think we, we put together our mission, which included pillars of leadership, visibility, community involvement, networking, and business. So to your point, it really combines the internal and the external. And we've really, really grown over the years, especially right now with all the um, legislation being introduced and really just some of the global hate, frankly, has really brought a need even more for us to show our employees that we're out there and thinking about them when it comes to, you know, LGBTQ plus issues. And, and David, so how can, you know, approximately how big is the team? And most importantly, with the team that's around the globe, how do you bring a diverse team global that's located in diverse location. How do you manage that? How are you doing that yeah. successfully? Yeah, so it's it's been an amazing um, adventure, I guess. And watching it grow has been really something that I'm super proud of, especially because, as you know, I left for a couple of years and then came back and saw the growth really um, having taken off. So one of the things that um, we always have to recognize is that pretty much everyone that's working on Open Pride and the other ERGs around the network is a volunteer. 
So we've got, you know, co-chairs that basically are volunteering their time in a different geography. So we've got UK, we've got around the US, we've got India, um, Barcelona, we've got a chapter in Germany and trying to grow every day. But it's really people being able to say, all right, I've got a full-time job, but this is really important to me. So I'm going to spend the time on the side or, you know, kind of my second role as putting these types of things together. And from a corporate perspective, you know, we send out a lot of correspondence just around the world to say, hey, you know, here are some articles you might be interested in. Here's some partnerships that we've established at a global level that you can tap into. So bringing in speakers, um, bringing in research to kind of help everyone understand what the um, issues are currently and how they might bring those into their day-to-day, either their agency, individual, or to their clients even. So, so David, you are in the, the heart of the matter, literally, you know, literally. Um, what is so important and what have you seen in terms of this inclusive culture as being part of good corporate responsibility, social responsibility, and good for business overall? And I know that Omnicom scored a perfect hundred in our human rights campaign and, you know, joining a very esteemed uh, group of Fortune 500 like Apple and AT&T. So can you speak to the two aspects of why is inclusiveness as a corporate culture so important for so many aspects of a business now? Yeah, I mean, so I think that, so first of all, I, I, I would say congratulations. Congratulations to Omnicom because we've been we scored 100 percent since 2016, which is amazing, wow. right? Wow, so that's every great. year we score it. Um, this year they're actually changing some of the criteria, so we've got some meetings in the next few weeks to understand what that looks like for 2023. I think to make it even I don't want to say harder, but to make it um, more impactful, you know, some of the things that companies are doing to actually get that 100 percent score. And so I guess what I would say is I, I think it's no longer a choice. Our employees are 100% expecting it and our clients are expecting it. Because when you look at that list of who's on that list, so many of those companies are our clients. So we have to, you know, actually be in the same um, space that they are. And I think you even said it earlier, our employees feel happier. They feel safe. They feel recognized. um, And they know that we care about them. So I think that, you know, having us committed to doing this every year. And again, it's not just a let's do it and then do nothing all year round. You have to actually show that all year round you're doing these types of things to put your money where your mouth is, frankly. Yeah. And and it's not just I'm doing these things. I'm really living these things. There's a difference between, oh, I'm doing the action to placate the bit, placate it versus no, this is authentically us. And I guess maybe you could speak to, you know, what makes Omnicom so authentic in their actions to be able to do all this. Yeah, I mean, I think just actually making the effort to recognize that there is a diverse workforce and that there's different needs across the workforce. So as an example, this year, Omnicom Health and Welfare put together a specific two-pager that was all about the LGBTQ plus benefits that are offered. And the reason they did that was, again, we saw a gap, right? We were, I was talking to someone who was interviewing a trans employee or a trans prospect, and the trans person asked the question about insurance and the person did not know the answer. 
So we put together something to show what we have coverage for, how we cover it. Um, for the first time, Omnicom is offering family forming benefits. But wow. I will say the, the other thing, you know, you got you should know, and I'm sure you hear this as the, as the CEO of an agency. You know, I always say to everyone, we are trying our hardest to move forward, but there's always going to be more we can do, right? Because yeah. if you compare us to some of the other companies, like you look at some of the social media companies, Facebook and, you know, I mean, Meta and Snap and look at their benefits and you compare them to ours, people actually would say like, oh, we should be doing more. And I think I have to frame it as we are doing as much as we can. And Omnicom is listening to what needs to be changed. They're not pushing back, which is really what I like to see. Wonderful. Elliot, did you want to ask David about sort of the marketing side of the of this coin? Yeah, definitely. And we know, you know, consumers are very likely to purchase from brands that they see diverse and inclusive. Um, you know, they're really looking into more, not just, you know, who a brand is advertising to, but what their company stands for. So you've talked a lot about, you know, the corporate social responsibility and the inclusivity in the corporate culture, and then how that can manifest itself in many ways from a business operations perspective. But then advertising to the LGBTQ community goes beyond, you know, profits as there's so much value in having diverse and inclusive workplaces and teams, those advertisements, et cetera. So what are some ways you think that brands can authentically connect those efforts such as the things that go into that human rights campaign and score into their advertising. So it is authentic. Yeah. I mean, so if you don't mind, Elia, I'll just take a quick step back on something. Just, I think the need has become more and more important. So I think if you look at um, every day in the news, there's something that's either, you know, threatening the community in terms of legal rights or even this morning, it's like I was reading that, you know, the Lightyear movie was banned in Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates because there's a LGBTQ plus same sex kiss in it. And those are things that happen every day, right? Where we're looking around the world and we're feeling like things are um, uh, in, taking away from sort of just our our safety or our living, you know, out and loud and being ourselves, right? So I think brands have to make the community feel like they want to be a part of the community every day, not just during Pride Month and not just for, you know, making money, right? So so I think like you look at the, the Gallup poll this year, over 70% of people believe that um, same-sex marriage should be legal. That's compared to 26% back in 1996, 27%, sorry. So all of that sentiment has grown and brands in a way need to show that they are on that same trajectory. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I in living here, where I live in Chicago. I kind of see that, you know, day in, day out, the brands that are really in the community and really, you know, um, not just marketing, but really activating and sponsoring and, and really being hand in hand from a community relations perspective. So, you know, what are some tips you would give or, you know, what do you feel a marketing executive or brand manager should do to reach this audience in an authentic manner when they've, you know, they've started <coughs> to, let's say, maybe be a little behind the the curve, but doing a great job of building that corporate culture. <coughs> and I want to make sure that they, you know, let their end consumers know loud and proudly that they are, uh, bring that inclusivity into their workforce and their thinking and all their communications. How would yeah, they activate? So, How would they activate great, that if they haven't historically in the past? Yeah. Great question. I mean, I think number one is make sure that the people 
on your team that are creating the idea are actually a part of the community. So even if your team, if your staff is not LGBTQ+, then talk to people within your ERG. So something that we've done in Omnicom, for example, one of our agencies brought a campaign to the ERG and said, can we get do a focus group with you, right? To make sure we want to talk to the people who are actually living it day to day. The second thing for me is really, I said it once and I'll say it again, you've got to be doing it all year round. So for example, there are some companies who all year round, if you buy a certain product, they'll give a percentage of the sales to you know an LGBTQ plus charity, right? Same thing with people do it for all different types of things. It's not just LGBTQ plus, but they're doing it all year round, right? It might not be on every product, but at least they're showing you that they care about you all year. Then there's the companies that come in in June, they change their logo to you know rainbow and they have one partnership in June. And then on June 30th, it's done. That's the kind of thing that's hard because you look at it and you say, okay, but you're a big company. You should be doing this all year and showing us your support. I think the last thing is kind of similar, but it's the companies that are showing that they care about the issues. So they're not just making a rainbow t-shirt and trying to sell it. The rainbow t-shirt has proceeds that are going to go to help, you know, LGBTQ plus homeless youth as an example. And there's been, and I'll talk about some examples in a minute, but there's been a lot of companies that I feel like have done a good job this year of actually addressing it that way. And those are just a few of the things that I think would be nice to see in these campaigns. Yeah, it's my next question was, you know, in your own opinion, um, you know, what are, you, what are some examples of companies you think are doing right? And then some examples of campaigns you think fell a little short, so example, maybe it was just inauthentically targeting just the, yeah. the month and not all year. We don't have to throw shade anybody, but for our kind of no, audience, no. their CMOs, they're thinking about ways that they can be authentic. You know, what are some good and bad ways of doing such? Yeah. And I will just, my caveat, I'll just say that this is my opinion, right? Because exactly. I read the articles every day and sometimes I'll hate a campaign and then it'll get all this press and how great it was. And I'm like, really? Okay. But um, so I think the ones that are doing it well, you know, I've seen more and more in the last year or so of the campaigns with purpose, right? So tying it into a cause. And again, you know, not just ending it in Pride Month, but some examples would be like, I don't know if you've seen any of these, but Miller Lite did something this year where it was beers and queer history book. And so, you know, really talking about the history and how we got to where we got. And I know there's been campaigns where they're helping bars survive, which is really, you know, something that's amazing. Um, uh, Tinder did a campaign where they partnered with HRC, Human Rights Campaign, and it's to end the blood ban for LGBTQ+. So they actually, within Tinder, were trying to get people to participate in studies to try to help end the blood ban that has been around for a long time for LGBTQ+, Q+, people giving blood. Um, Chipotle did a campaign where they're addressing food, in, food insecurity. So for them, that's a great tie-in, right? to their business, but they're helping address food insecurity, which was a really good one. The other thing is, I feel like there's companies that you see a campaign every year or every few times a year that we all would say are good, right? Like Ikea is one that I feel like every time I see it, they've done something right. You know, Starbucks has been a big advocate of the LGBTQ plus community, which is really nice to see. Subaru, Oreo, you've probably seen some of the Oreo campaigns. I feel like they have a few a year that are really addressing the community. Even Pantene, from a hair perspective, you know, focusing on the transgender community. Um, some of them that probably were good intentioned, but maybe not as great. Um, I saw one recently that was the U.S. Marines. And while I love the fact that the U.S. Marines um, recognize Pride Month, 
the image, it was a helmet with five bullets in the rainbow colors. <laughs> um, not sure that five bullets in the rainbow colors is really uh, something that you want to put out there for your Pride Month campaign, but okay. You know, again, well-intentioned. Um, the other one, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It was just in the last week or two. Um, Austria, Burger King Austria did this Whopper campaign where they had either two bottom buns or two top buns. And, you know, it's kitschy, but it's a little offensive, you know, that that's the way you're going to market. And, and also, again, it's like just a Pride Month thing. Um, the last one I'll, I'll mention, because I just saw it yesterday or two days ago, Postmates. I don't know if you guys saw it, but they had like a menu specifically for um, certain sexual positions. And I don't know, it was a little, I thought it was a little much. I read today that it got some really good press and some people thought it was great. But again, I I felt a little bit like it was, you know, trying to capitalize on our month yeah. and on the community as yeah, that, opposed that, to showing all year round that you've got something special for the LGBTQ plus community. So that, that's, that, that's the no, no, no presses, no, all, there's all only good press. But anyway, I do think that's sort of the capitalization is when it's not authentic. David, I'd like to leave you with this question. Yeah. As we look forward to the rest of the year, if there's one thing you want to accomplish with your team, the the, the open community, what, what's your mission for the next six months? What, what are you committed to? So great question i think number one i'll say two things number one is um sort of what i said already but it's making sure that we're not ending with pride month because even we're even us you know within omnicom like the communities all wake up for a month in june <laughs> and all of our agencies are doing webinars and marching in pride and so i want to make sure that we're not forgetting about it come july august september october november it's like there really is some key thing that we could focus on every month if we wanted to but i also think it's just again making sure that you know we started a website lamicom called queer all year where we're posting all the events that are happening throughout the year as opposed to just june i think the second thing i'll say is just how do we help agencies, individuals, our clients, just show up authentically, you know, try to help people understand like, what are the stereotypes that you should be avoiding? How do you do your research, right? Because that's a big thing. I think people, again, I say the word well-intentioned. I don't think anyone doesn't have good intentions, but they're probably just not maybe researching the right way. You've got two straight designers and copywriters doing your work at for the gay community you're probably missing something yeah <laughs> so i would say just trying to help uh put that perspective out there would be great that's wonderful david i want to thank you for your time i am so grateful for our relationship over the many many years and i'm very happy for you and i think omnicom's very lucky to have you both leading the business and leading this initiative as a co-chair so i thank you and wish you a really great day. Thanks. Thanks, so much. Russell. Thanks, Elliot. Yeah. And if there's anything else I can do, just let me know. But thanks You're for having me. You're welcome. And I just want to encourage all of our listeners to continue to subscribe to the Continuous Revenue Marketer podcast, where we'll be having other great experts coming. So don't miss an episode. Subscribe as soon as possible. And until then, I'm Russell Kern. The Continuous Revenue Marketer has been brought to you by Kern, 
an Omnicom precision marketing agency that helps Fortune 500 companies increase revenue from customer acquisition to loyalty through personalization at speed and scale. For more information, please visit kernagency.com.